0: This is the Video jumpyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! The dead who haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half man, half ape, with the strength of 20 demons. It's time. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. Um, I'm Eric L. Branson, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts and great friends, Joe and Ryan. Hey! How's it going, guys? Hi, Eric. Hi, Joe. I'm a great friend. (laughs) You are a great friend. Thank My you. Great I've
0: friends, yeah. yeah. You see how that this yeah. friendship gets tested at the end of the review? Yeah.
2: You know, there's something about, about three, I'm not even going to like say grown men, but just three adults talking about, like, we're great friends, yeah. Yeah, we are. That's really fucking creepy.
1: What, what's the song that, uh, what's-his-name-in-the-hangover-is-singing-in-the-back-seat? Best oh, friends yeah. that anyone could have. Three best friends. <laughs> anyway. Well, anything new in the so last Add that uh, clip hour? right there. No. <laughs> um... I got another beer. I um, did too. That's new.
0: Yeah. Speaking I heard of beer, Joe get rid of another beer. I did, and yeah, you I, know,
1: speaking I, of beer, I forgot
2: <laughs> to mention this when we were recording earlier, but I kegged some beer this weekend. Look Ooh, at you, good. you college frat yeah. bastard. Yeah, I I kegged a Kolsch that I forgot that
0: I brewed back in May. For <laughs> nice. you, for your listeners out there, when Joe says he kegs, it isn't that he just does a keg stand and finish it. No, he actually makes a beer. Yeah, oh. well, yeah. I'm less impressed it. now. No.
2: Homebrew. And we, we've talked before about doing a Video Junkyard podcast beer, like coming up with a yeah. recipe and having an official beer we'll distribute to the three of us and we'll drink it as we're recording in our
1: respective I, cities. I, I am we're, all for it. I just have clueless when it comes to brewing. I've never done it, and uh, I am I do a lot better with drinking it, though, so that's, you yeah. know. It's
2: not that hard. I Honestly, <laughs> when I first got into homebrewing, it was described to me as if you can make mac and cheese on the stove, you can make beer. And it pretty much is that easy. If you let the mac and cheese then after you cooked it, if you let it sit in a glass carboy for a month.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then drank Don't it. Don't do that with mac and <laughs> cheese. Don't do that with gentlemen. mac and cheese.
2: But um <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I, I encourage if you like beer, I encourage you to try home brewing anybody listening because um, it's a lot we of fun. don't have
0: enough micro brews in the world
2: well you know what it's it's just kind of funny because it's it's not that ex- it can be an expensive hobby but it doesn't have
0: to be you can get kits of all it's, the ingredients and just i think they said the same thing about pimpin' too well I, that's not easy but...
2: that pimping
0: ain't easy it but doesn't have this. to be an expensive enterprise you can make decent beer pretty cheap
1: <laughs> yeah so it's, yeah and, it's a lot of fun i bought a mr beer at a garage sale by the way mm. and all the all the stuff in it's like way too old so i have to like buy a new kit but i've never i haven't ever gotten around to doing it but though yeah. i've i've had some beer out of that that people have done
2: and it's it's not bad i mean it's, it's what
1: what would happen do you think if i use all the expired things that are in the in the kit from like you get five the years shits, ago probably.
2: <laughs> worst case scenario nothing like worst case yeah. scenario, just nothing happens, or maybe the beer, I'll give it a try. <laughs> the beer just tastes like crap, but I think you can order those Mister Beer kits on Amazon for like twelve, oh, yeah. like fifteen bucks or something like that. I don't think they're very expensive. I mean, no, for really for not. the ingredients kits, when I do a five gallon batch, which is roughly two cases or a five gallon keg, um, they're like thirty to forty dollars for a for the ingredients. So like you're getting. If you do it right, you're getting decent beer for two cases of it for 30 or 40 bucks, depending on what it is. And that's not that different than what you'd buy at a store. And you're doing it yourself. So you get to play with the recipes and stuff. So, yeah. And generally, doing? you're going to get,
1: you know, once you figure out what you're doing, you're going to get a, a product that's probably better than what the beer that you would be buying at that price point.
2: Right. And honestly, the first time we brewed anything, it was a red ale. And I was like, I hope it's at least drinkable. Yeah. And it was actually... No, it was pretty good. Like, we went through it pretty quick because it was tasty. I mean, I've had better, but it was it was fine. It was good. I've I've only, I think, out of home brewing for 10 years now, I've only had two batches I've had to dump because something got in it and it just tasted gross. But nothing in it will hurt you. It just tastes like crap. So I've even, of those batches that I've pitched, I've even saved some to, like, soak brats in, you know, because oh, yeah. it's good for that. But that's about it. And I've even heard of some people that had a contaminated batch, and they just never got around to throwing it out. And a year later, they tried it; it was really good. So shit happens, you know. Yeah. Good stuff happens. Well,
1: sometimes. yeah, yeast is alive; it keeps or the yeah, it keeps changing as it ages in in the bottle. So.
2: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a constantly. You're drinking a living thing. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> but I. I'm really, really trying hard to come up with a segue, and it's not happening. So, anyway, tonight, like, it was like, uh beer, and, um, yep. We're drinking beer! It,
2: Speaking of drinking beer, we're going to drink beer spe- and talk about this movie!
1: <laughs> so, tonight, we are actually at the, we come to the end, finally, of our series of, um, 1990s films based on 1930 com- 1930s comic strip characters, um and with, for the you're finishing up
0: with the mask of zorro right that's the one that we're finishing with
1: we actually didn't do Zorro. It, it, we
0: should have done zorro
1: <laughs> no we should have done zorro yeah i know
0: it. i was wait i was waiting for this last review just to remind that one you fits guys
1: too yeah didn't even well, think of that one Actually, we could do the
0: zorro films at some point
1: yeah yeah i forgot there was two i think i've only seen the first one but i just yeah. wanted to show you guys antonio banderas movie. right yeah <laughs> Sorry. And those are
2: good. There's our review. They're actually pretty good. Very <laughs> yeah. right. right, yeah. We've uh, done. I give, it a, I give it a B. Give it a B. But uh, <laughs> well, what are we talking about tonight?
1: Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the 1996 um, Billy Zane starring The Phantom. Shit. Uh, which is? Uh, did you
0: watch the wrong movie again? <laughs> no. No. Did you watch I, a sequel I this that I didn't movie. know existed? That's the problem. This? I watched this movie. Just take
2: a look around. Darkness rules the earth
0: in a dangerous world
2: governments crumble chaos reigns in a treacherous time there is opportunity in chaos
1: evil is a fact we shall succeed where they have failed drax is on a quest for a supernatural power they know far too much and courage Should stop them you the only one who can is a phantom
0: Somebody
1: I already killed. There are some who say he is only a myth. Soon they will discover the phantom is real so i'll get you a super quick synopsis of this one and it is kit walker is the latest of a line of heroes known as the phantom whose powers are drawn from three ancient skulls but now the phantom's enemies the pirates of the sang brotherhood have a new ally the ruthless xander drax that's the the synopsis so um
0: that was pretty much the yet another movie where a
2: 1930s hero fights mysterious mystical asian people
1: yep and here here was a comment i meant to make in the shadow episode last week but it to me seems like a bit of a misstep on a couple of these um on the latter two of these movies that they used actual storylines from the 1940s to adapt into 1990s films because they are, like, very, like, Asian-phobic. I don't know if that's a word. But, like, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> both of these so.
1: plots are very... And, and that was a big thing. Uh, e- even if you... Uh, and I'm not recommending you do necessarily. But if you dig up the 1940s Batman um, film serials, if you... I don't know if either you guys have seen that. But that's also very, like, you know, evil Chinese man is, you know... some it, Like, every, everything is about the evil, you know, Chinese and Japanese and this and that. So it was a big thing in the 1940s i don't feel like it translates very well to the 1990s it's one of my gripes with these two but this one is definitely handled better than the shadow we didn't touch on that in the shadow episode but um yeah, yeah. anyway so i think that was a bit of a misstep they, they would have probably been a little bit better off to write a new story and not actually like literally base it on a series um which both maybe, of these films maybe were, not but, yeah.
0: have the pirates be based in asia like, yeah you know, i mean i'm cool with it being pirates. pirates
1: and jungle adventure and like all that yeah but being yeah. like it's the sang brotherhood which just in the name you know is very it, it points to a certain mm-hmm. kind of stereotype and whatever um this one also has a handle i think the phantom handles it a little bit better than than the shadow did but
2: well this you know. one also has a pretty big cast i mean you mentioned Billy Zane. Does, the title yeah. role also has treat williams christy swanson Catherine zeta jones james remar and uh patrick mcguin
1: yeah and Patrick McGowan on... showing up in this is is incredible. I know I was filling your guys ear like a few weeks back uh, about the 1960s British TV show The Prisoner. Well, that's what he's most famous for starring mm-hmm. in. Is <laughs> and I haven't seen him in like he's been in, like many, many things, but I haven't seen him in anything as like an old man and at first I was like I know this actor. Like who is this? And I punched up and like, "Oh shit, yeah, okay, it's The Prisoner." So, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> this one I think, you know, it I, and I have no
2: shame in bashing on the shadow last week but this one actually I had a lot more fun watching um because it it really embraced how kind of hammy and corny it is. Yeah Billy Zane actually I, I thought he was quite good in this. I know some of the reviews when this came out said that he I he doesn't have much to you know, he doesn't he isn't given <laughs> much to work with I thought he
1: was great in this. I like how this how the Phantom, um, being that he is a passed down, he is an inherited character, like he's not really the ghost who walks, he's not immortal, he is a um, you know, a Live costume and, and a figurehead of yeah, and, and yeah. he, you know, it's passed down through the generation. So his father passed away and he became the phantom and and you know, like his father before him. And um So Kit Walker's personality is part of the Phantom. Like it's not like Batman where Bruce Wayne could be this, you know playboy and have a sense of humor and all this stuff but when he puts it on he turns into batman and all this he let he, his personality stays in the phantom like he's cracking jokes and doing his thing he's kind of like gives him a little bit of a spider-man-esque appeal well yeah. um in i a way. would
0: say like the way the movie kind of does it is he is the phantom and kit is his disguise like when he goes into the city true he's yeah. using his his actual native name native born name to like you know Get in, which you know, he where, where was he born? He was born in what South Africa, he was he's born, born in, in the, He was born in the jungle in that cave. No, yeah. they're in uh Thailand, aren't they? They, they found yep, it in, in Thailand, they're shot in Thailand,
1: yeah. Which yeah. is, I have a story about that as well, but anyway, uh, as but we get just, to it, but
0: yeah, I was just saying, like, how did he just get in so easily? But then they say, like, oh, well, no, they sent me to school in America, and I'm like, oh, okay yeah and then
2: he then he came back when his father was killed and he but, took up the mantle of the shadow of but the he's phantom.
0: like i think but he's like 20 year like he's the 22nd phantom right 21st that's like,
1: something like that. yeah 21st. 21st
0: yeah something like that well, well how many generations is that now like that's that's 21 generations like of father son in this foreign land and they're all still really white
1: <laughs> yeah that's true
0: well yeah yeah just they want to jam that in Pam there did they ever or go into who the phantom's but...
2: mom was i mean they really a white no, lady don't. that's but, for sure
1: i mean yes i would be that's a safe assumption i believe so I, um, I
0: i do want to add my bit about i am going to slam on this movie a lot but i will say i do enjoy billy zane i think he is trying his best in this movie uh I do enjoy some of his quips and stuff. I I enjoy his his charisma that he has, but it's not enough to save this movie for me personally. It is not his greatest performance. Um I think it's 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 the best performance in this movie. Look oh, at you on. James
1: Ramirez in this movie. James Ramirez always always fantastic. Best character actor of the 1980s and 90s. Like and still is great when he shows up in things. Like and he's Which got a meaty role in this. Usually, he shows up for a couple lines. He's like a henchman or something, but oh. he's got a good, uh, good meaty role in this. I can't remember his damn name, but is in the in the actual movie, he plays but Quill,
0: if, the if, I, the, if, if like I, the right
1: hand man of uh, Drax in the movie. So I, I
2: do have to say, actually, the 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 two best performances in this movie, aside from Billy Zane, are actually um, his Wolf Devil and his horse hero
0: in <laughs> the fucking horse dialogue yeah that that that's those, silent back and forth that there's some there's some
2: really
1: great scenes of billy zane interacting with animals in this it's very yeah. very charming um and there's one that's probably going to get it grown from you guys but i actually love treat williams in this movie too he is the hammiest oh yeah like over the top bad guy like i don't know but he's I mean, oh. I, to me treat williams is, is a decent actor this has to be an intentional decision on the part of the director and himself yep. to, to play it this way and he does such a good job with it
0: well yeah. I, I will say like in the beginning of the movie he was like like i'm like ah, oh, he's just terribly one-dimensional and he's like he has no real charm and shit despite the attempts but then as the movie goes on i'm like i'm still kind of right but i i, I, I hate him less it's growing on you though because that's i yeah. think yeah that it, had not like, been intentional i mean
2: he really hams it up but it, it Overall, and, and Christy Swanson, I mean, if there's anybody who's one dimensional in this, it's kind of her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. She's, yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones is she, actually pretty fun in this, too, but you can tell she's, she's kind of fun in this. She's, but... she's fucking I mean, yeah, crazy in a way. Movie.
1: She's, she's just. This is like one of the first movies I remember her being in, too. Um, And I know mm. she was in a lot of stuff around this time, but this is one of the first the ones she made an impression on me. Um, And yeah, I think she's great. I think she was uh, like a fun character in this. And I wish Christy Swanson. Not that she didn't show up. She's not bad or anything. Just, she's, yeah, she's the one that's a little bit of a weaker link in the cast. Yeah, she
2: has about as much of a character in this as she did in Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Just a few more lines. I actually want to talk a a brief moment about Catherine uh, Delta's uh, Jones, whatever, fucking Greek alphabet her middle name is. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, Zeta. Anyways, so she, uh... Her character, I think, thinks too much with her dick, uh, is the best (laughs) way I can put it. She's a full-on sexual predator. Yeah. Like, to the point where she even mentions, like, necrophilia. Like, hey, once you're done killing them, I have dibs on the body. Like, that's her whole character. There's no other character other than, I just want to fuck the main hero. Maybe his girlfriend. Yeah. Until the end, where like, nope, actually, because of girl power... I, I'm on your side. I'm like, you're still an awful person. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell me just because you saved these guys that like, now you're a good person. You're still, I can't let you near parks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to
0: say it.
2: <laughs> well, when she tells Drax... No, you're not wrong. Bo- but Holmes, some given, of like, that you
1: know, is what makes yeah. her interesting, right? When, I mean, in when, a way, she, like, when
2: she tells Drax that Kirsty Swanson's character must be, uh, the shadow must be in love with her. Well, how do you know? Because he, you know, said no to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right, whatever. but that's every line though. <laughs> yeah, every line is. consists of it, it like is. fuck me. One thing like, I will give this movie I, credit for is it's a much more straightforward storyline than what we saw with the shadow. Yes, it's a very yeah.
1: simple story, but with shades of Indiana know, Jones, I think like.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean there's some some nice little suspense gags the, the elevator scene is really good I mean when he's zipping down the elevator cable using two guns to help you know yeah. bracket himself and he gets out of the way at the last second I mean there's some some pretty cool choreography moments and and, and some editing in that too um you know the overall I like I said I really just had a, a lot of fun with this one this was I, I think this is what I wanted the shadow to be
1: Yeah, I like that you mentioned the guns, because I wanted to bring that up in The Shadow, and we ran long on The Shadow episode. But both of these films, uh, in The Rocketeer as well, Dick Tracy gets a a free pass because it's a cop movie, of course it's got guns. But the three of these films are essentially superhero films, but all three of the superheroes, um, quote-unquote, use guns. Which is unique, I it think. Is. And and does this
0: does the Rocketeer have a gun in yep. the movie? I don't remember
1: yep. that. Yep. He's got even, like a German like Luger looking gun. Oh, He might he have even it taken from a German it off guy. of the Nazis, yeah. But, yeah, even, but even, in the, with... even in the
2: even in the eighties comic of the Rocketeer, he's like an expert marksman. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a gun. And Eric I, There's I, always
1: I, that famous picture of the Rocketeer and he's got that like Luger or whatever
2: yeah. it is that yeah. And I'm know. glad you brought that up because and you know, not to mention names or anything, but there was a Facebook group, Eric, that you and I were part of about superheroes, and there was a, a bit of a a thing one time where you shared an article about the use of guns in comic book characters, and it created yeah. a
1: bunch of drama. And we, you know, yeah. well I was accused of being political when it really wasn't all that political. It was just kind of a commentary about hey you know, I don't know yeah ways that guns have been used It was specifically the character batman that they were talking about but. yeah but i
2: think it's it's interesting and i'm I'm glad you brought that up because that is unique about the 1930s serial characters is their weapon was a gun and mm-hmm. we look at modern day superheroes right you know, like the marvel stuff and even most of the dc stuff bad guys use guns or questionable guys like the punisher questionable uses guns yeah dead heroes can use yeah. guns
1: but never a superhero right or, you know you know count the times i say quote unquote in these yeah things,
2: but, but yeah. deadshot uses a gun right in, in in dc but he's he's a bad guy right even in suicide squad he's still a bad guy so it's yeah you know this is something that's very unique to the time and yes before the fans freak out yes in the earliest versions of batman he used a gun yes he did earliest versions
1: i think up uh, up in the first 10 20 stories and detective comics he carried a gun quite yeah. often
2: but yeah. i think by the time they got the character down to like you know a canon storyline then they, they did away with that but yeah you know this and also that was the same era
1: we're talking about the same era, exactly like, almost the same era of time so exactly
2: so they, this is when you know when these kind of stories when the phantom and the shadow and dick tracy were being published initially comics Strip and batman was out there too yeah that was all totally fine in fact didn't i think the earliest version of the sandman did too if I'm not mistaken, oh, all really? right, I could be yeah, wrong maybe. on that, but I thought I, I've seen images of that. So, but yeah, you know, he's a hero, and he's the the Phantom's got you know a holster on either side and two really big pistols, Yep. <laughs> and he's very good with them. But, um, but he does. Yeah, he's still very much too. the
1: good guy of this film. Like there's never yeah. a second where he's an antihero, right? In any way, no. um, the Shadow's questionable, obviously as a character. But the, the Phantom straight I, up, like, this is the good guy, right? There's no, it's, yeah. you never wonder. <laughs> yeah.
0: I would say, like, out of all of the, out of the, out of the three, mo- the four movies that we've watched, um, he is the one who has the personality closest to that hammy superhero, like, that you just get from that time period and, and so forth. Like the, I'll save the day, hands on hips, literally, like, yeah, hands on hips, like the, the yeah, and knuckles I think they... on the hips thing. He does it a lot. I feel like
1: it's it's an intentional thing, and and his Billy Zane's performance is a little more dialed down, but it almost reminds me of Adam West playing Batman in a lot of ways. Like he's got that kind of like hands on hips, like a, he actually bends down at one point and picks up a lady's purse during a chase. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it's and a like, <laughs> great little scene. Yeah, and it, so he rem- yeah he reminds me a lot of Adam West and the way Adam West played Batman, and maybe not quite as intentionally aloof as like Adam West's Batman is, but um his like sense of you know being that 100% do gooder type 100 you never wonder for a second that this guy is the hero of the movie like you there's no gray area he's the good guy right right and you know this this movie also kind of made me realize
2: that uh, not to down billy zane at all he's he's had a, a great career but um this was an attempt to make him you know a a franchise action hero there were sequels planned yeah. for this and it's a shame that it didn't do well in the box office or with or overall yeah. with critics because I think he 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 could he's a lot of fun to watch in this. In fact, he's a lot of fun to watch in, in just about everything he's in. He's got he can play a villain, he can play a good
1: guy, he can be funny. Um, it's just no, kind we of we talked a lot about how much we uh, you know we loved him in in the movie Demon Night. Demon Knight, and I think yeah. like his leading man charisma is like it. it plays over to this movie totally different kind of role but um the way he interprets this character and just that kind of i don't know if i would call it tongue-in-cheek because it's not an ironic performance but the way he just kind of encapsules that 1940s like you said ryan hands on hips i'm the you know i'm the hero like (laughs) i I think he does a really good job with it
2: and it's very it's aware i mean he's aware of what he's doing it's it's fun i know the i think he was liked enough in this role that in 2008 paramount considered doing a sequel to this um yeah but it just never never took off i mean it had a title it was gonna be the phantom legacy and they were gonna reboot it and then it just as of 2014 nothing's really happened
1: yeah and and i wish it would have i've been a fan of this movie since this is this is just like the right age that this is something that came out and i went and i saw this in a movie theater i owned it on a vhs tape and watched it a bunch of times so so, Ryan, I, I do have that nostalgia, like, kernel of things with it that, that we talk about, but I feel like I enjoyed it almost just as much sitting down and watching it now. Um, it is it is hammy, like, it, it's and I think it's intentionally hammy, like, to kind of... And out of all of these movies, this is the one that, like, kind of honed in on that yeah thing that you were talking about with, you know, kind of the stereotypical, you know, superhero type vibe, and,
0: uh... I, uh... You guys, you guys give this movie a lot more credit than I would with a lot of things. Okay, uh, I'm just segueing into a different part now because I'm just thinking about it. I think the biggest crime about this movie is it it doesn't allow Billy Zane to have another role like this that in, in other films because he is um, an enjoyable part. But uh, <laughs> there's just there's just things about this, and now not, the main part I wanted to mention now has slipped my mind but uh no no i now i remember this movie kind of felt like a dollar tree indiana jones
1: i could see that it's got some indiana jones and that's
0: what sucks because it should like you know what if you're gonna kind of like take from indiana jones do it like go full out like i want to see the phantom indiana jones like i wanted that um because you do have this mysticism type thing it's kind of suggested though that's the thing like this yeah there's a hint of mysticism but it's not enough to like like is it is his dad a delusion is he a ghost what the fuck is actually going on i kind of want more of it it's not giving me enough of it um well, and I added most that. of that
2: was added to the movie i don't know how much of that was in the original source material
0: yeah i don't see that's the thing i don't really know how much of the I source i think well. there was a
2: lot of supernatural in the original yeah
1: from what i understand it not but the phantom i do believe was a generational yeah i do think that came straight out of it like it came from his father i think that's well, their way of
0: communicating that in the film whether it was successful I, I used or not, but... i actually used to watch uh the animated phantom cartoon which took place in the future it was made by the same guy who did uh and flux same animation that yeah weird Yeah, i knew there
1: was one I, I never I don't know if I've seen it but yes I know I was aware it was existed
0: so when kind of I, I it down again. that's what I knew about the phantom when I was a kid and mind you like what what weird year did this come out 94
1: mm-hmm. 96 yeah.
0: 96 so I was mm-hmm. around six at the, around the time that this movie came out so I so that's going off of that and coming into this I was just like what the fuck is this narrative like um because it was like why is he? in like the 1930s and shit so that that blew my mind but uh i want to add out of the three no out once again i said three out of the four movies we watched not given dick tracy is just that's him but the phantom has wore worn his costume the most out of all the other superheroes in these movies yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. might be because billy zane they didn't want to pay for his fucking wig constantly to get wet and shit (laughs)
1: I think he's full-on
0: bald in this movie. I mean, not in the movie. He he's bald in real life. He was bald. Um, as a fellow bald man, I feel for that. So well, you can see that fake-ass wig. Yeah. And it's well, and, like, and they got a great costume. Honestly, like this is—it looks like it was made by Under Armour. I know. Yeah. I won't. I won't lie. I like. It's not a. It's not the greatest costume in the world for some. I do kind of enjoy it, but it is yeah. Under Armour. I like that
1: it's so pre-Under Armour traditional like it is the costume from the like they i mean i guess they had some like designs the skull like design on it that you can kind of see sometimes but generally this is like the costume from the comic strip there was no like you know how like in the modern X-Men films or whatever like the X-Men films um or the modern Marvel universe films they kind of like tried to make like the costumes or whatever They kind of threw the concept of costumes out the window in the marvel universe but made it a little more real life no this movie went for it like we're gonna put him in the tights he's gonna be bright purple he's gonna wear the mask and like you know you know the whole thing and i kind of love that about it that it just like went for it and it it feels authentic because of that I, i i believe it does at least um that it's like straight out of a 1930s comic strip and the, the villain the villains I should say including the Shang Brotherhood all feel like they're straight out of a 1940s comic strip for better or worse like we talked about at the beginning of the show but they certainly fit that era. Right.
0: I uh, I have to say as a as as a criticism of that approach with things like the idea of where you take something from a comic and like it works in that limited palette comic world like you that's why characters were designed the way they were with their color palettes so they could stick out in the pages not only that but have a recognizable color scheme so like down the line it's it's a it's a merchandising thing like so you can like identify a character based on like the ratio of the color schemes it's a whole thing like people research it's actually quite Mm -hmm. fascinating like you can like look at like just little, like, swatches done in a particular order, and you can say, that's Aquaman, that's Superman, that's the Phantom. Now, transf- um, transferring that to a live-action film, it does kind of, for me, like, sometimes it can be fun, sometimes, though, it will cheapen an experience and make me question like what the fuck's going on like why is everyone else dumb in this universe case in point my argument well two one you're wearing purple in a thick ass jungle <laughs> and you're called the phantom um so you probably want some element of you know blend but that's whatever but two this thing they could have changed is his skull-faced hideout the cave <laughs> yeah. which is just blatantly uh, no, the fucking, skull cave is great. Yeah, it's just there. And people are just like, it's not hidden behind trees. It's just out in front of a field. Like, you can like, I wonder where the phantom, the man who literally has 50 skulls on his costume, wonder where he is. Obviously hides.
1: not in the spooky skull cave. Why would anyone want be. to go in there and look for him?
0: Never want to do that. And that's when you have those elements of, of like, eh, you should have eased back on some of that real like that comic element. Yeah but i don't think yeah.
1: a movie like this it's it's priority is not believability is priority is authenticity of its source, source material yeah i think so
0: maybe like yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and you know it's just like they probably pull that image like straight off of a frame of the comic strip like oh cool skull cave i want this to look you know let's make this look like this and 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 that can go wrong i i agree with that that it, if you don't do that correctly that it can be a disaster I think this movie did that, did it fairly well, though, like actually made it feel like it was living inside of that, you know, didn't have like the color palette thing that Dick Tracy had. But out of all of four of these films, this one might actually be the most authentic to its source material, even including Dick Tracy, because of, you know, Warren Beatty's lackluster performance. (laughs) But
2: also, you got to remember, too, that when it comes to any kind of hero, superhero movie, right, realism is a relatively new thing. You know, even going even going back to like the Tim Burton Batman stuff, or you know, the or even um, you know the the Richard Donner Superman stuff, going all the way back there, realism wasn't a big part of it. You know, that's so, that's really a, a more recent with Marvel, you know, Zack Snyder DC EU kind of stuff
0: that we've started seeing more of that realism. So, so here's I should I should kind of clarify with that. I'm not somebody who stands. Firmly on, like everything should be realism. I, th- my, I, oh, no, I don't I like. Yeah, I know you know. I know you know. It's just like for for listeners, it's everything for me is. It, it, there's a balance, and I feel like with this, uh, with action grimace here, I'm gonna call him action grimace, um, <laughs> is like, and that's what I mean. Is like there for for some that really appreciate the source material. It does that. But for others who aren't quite familiar with the source material, which is, I would say, probably a majority of people in the 90s right, uh, and now, is just like, what's with the dude with the purple leotard? (laughs) Well, I
2: I totally agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why these two films, especially Shadow and Phantom, didn't really work. Not just, well, Shadow because of, you know, structurally, but why why it didn't take off is... um, you know, look at why superhero films today are successful. It's because they're, they're marketing them to people that have enough, at least a little bit of disposable income to go to the movies. Right. And, <clears> and they remember these characters and they want to go see these characters, right. They're, they're making Marvel and DC films for not just kids, but their parents too. So people in their, you know, thirties 30s and thirties and forties. 30s and However, who in their 60s was going to go see the shadow who in their 60s was going to go see the phantom in the 90s you know these are from the 30s and they're coming out in the 90s these new newer you know these film versions who is going to be 65 70 years old is going to go see this movie and so they're trying to introduce these characters to a young generation essentially they were trying to introduce them to us And we were kids, and our parents were like, yeah, I vaguely remember something about that, but that was before our parents' time, so they weren't keen to take us to it unless we complained that we wanted to go. But, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of our modern superhero movies are so successful is you have kids that want to go and parents that are like, hell yeah, I want to go. And that wasn't happening here.
1: Yeah. Well, Well, that's probably the reason that mainstream... Didn't pick up on something like this because it is a niche. Like you would have to be aware of the Phantom to enjoy the Phantom. That's my yeah. A little bit exactly. At least in like yeah
0: yeah. I wanna I wanna actually now I I I want I want to talk about the story with you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys seem like you had fun with it, and I I I think maybe this is where you go. Like it does have that kind of like. This feels like a, a Phantom story from the time period. Like it in its simplicity but for me that that's like this is why this movie's fucking boring as fuck like this doesn't have like a modern storytelling sense um neither did the fucking shadow was awful too dick tracy's story was fucking awful rocketeer (laughs) was safe like none of these movies are like they're very much like partly 90s and 90s storytelling isn't the fucking greatest either um but it did a lot of things that the 90s did with its action scenes, which is it has action for the sake of action. Yep. And it doesn't – the action doesn't really have a point. Like like where you have like the Avengers, for example. Like the one cool action scene with uh, let's say uh, Winter – no, is it win- – it's Civil War. Civil War. Like the whole climatic battle between your superheroes in, in an airport – It was, yes, to have this battle, but the purpose of the battle was, like, they're trying to flee in the airport, and then you got the whole team, like, we need a whole team of superheroes to stop these superheroes from doing this task, which, ultimately, the fight ends with them being able to do this task, whereas in this movie, the whole fucking plane chase scene was just, like... This is kind of fun this is kind of fun but at the same time like it's pointless ultimately in the end because you get in a plane to fly away and in every movie once you got a person in a plane they're gone right but in this movie like your wing is leaking fuel why is your wing leaking fuel first off but anyways let's like ignore that um, but the horse the wolf and the fucking bad guys in the car, All simultaneously catch up with this plane. Yeah. Ultimately, for the plane to crash and them escape on the horse, it's just like it was just a pointless chase scene. Exactly. Well, but but
2: that's how the serials worked back then. So again, there imagine imagine
0: there's a
1: cutoff in the middle of there when they say, "Are they going to make?" (laughs) Yeah,
2: but you know this is how the serials worked, and they they worked back in the '30s and '40s you know i mean think about the the movie misery right where she's talking about going to see serials in the theater he didn't get out of the cock a car you know that was yeah. how they worked <laughs> back then and that's not how we make movies today and it wasn't how stories i i agree with you 90s stories are leaving a lot to be desired but that wasn't even how stories were told as much in the 90s so it's again well, i can, again, I can see why the audience did
0: maybe go on this yeah because there's good storytelling like throughout cinema, but major money-grabbing movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just covering our asses in case somebody out there goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, let them because <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know somebody's somebody, and, and you, you no brought up what you say.
2: And you brought up Civil War, and I'm, I'm not gonna totally derail and go on a Marvel whatever thing. But let's be honest: one of the reasons why that airport scene in, in Civil War, since you brought it up, is so Spider-Man. effective is because it's like ooh, we're seeing even more of our favorite characters together on the screen for the first time and spider-man being the big one right yeah if, if, if i was it getting would've...
1: bored with the movie then spider-man showed up that's pretty much what i remember about it
2: if if it would have been like okay here's the same characters you've seen on the screen before and it's just them it wouldn't have been as big of a deal no but now you have all these new ones so it it was building up building up building up and You're not doing... that. That's not how they did things back then. We never had a crossover, at least that I know of, with the Shadow and the Phantom.
1: So... No, but can you imagine if this... Well, first of all, the Shadow had been good, and this had been successful, and, like, you could have done something like that. These are all taking place in the same, you know, time period, in the same city. that would have been kind of cool. And, yeah, I mean, you could have done cool stuff with it. It, It, They would have had to make, you know, a little more relatable better movies but <laughs> and, and i'm <laughs> yeah. not saying by the way that that difference in
2: any way like totally excuses any potential you know or any real flaws with with this or any other film i'm just saying that you know we're, we're used to our hero movies being a very different flavor than they are Than yeah. not just how they were in the 90s but also how they were written back in the 30s you know i mean when batman was first introduced it was just batman You know, they didn't do crossovers until many, many years later. So, and I think that makes a a big difference with with what your, you know, audience, how they're marketing this. I feel like a lot of these, especially, you know, Dick Tracy was successful because I think it did have an artistic style to it. But The Shadow Mm -hmm. and The Phantom are kind of your run-of-the-mill attempts at summer blockbusters or blockbusters, whenever they came out. Um, trying to
0: cash in on like that batman right but they're they're pulling
2: characters that didn't have the lasting power of something like batman like kids in the 80s knew who batman was kids in the 80s did not know who these characters were they didn't know the shadow or the fan kids
1: in the 80s knew what batman was but why is it don't you think the eighty nine film is really what got our generation back on the Batman bandwagon? Back to on it a, but totally Batman up, like,
2: was never fully gone. I mean, you had cartoons right. and you know, it was an icon. You know, I knew who Batman was before the movie came out because it was it's Batman, it's like Superman, right?
1: Yeah, I mean so did I. I can't remember where you know, I'm There were have gotten
2: cartoons and there were toys and there were underoos and all that stuff, you know. Right. The um, super friends. You know, oh. the comic books were still popular and things, so there were a lot of toys available. Um but the Shadow and the Phantom never got that far. Which is a bit of a shame because I think the characters themselves are interesting enough that they could have.
1: But yeah, I mean they're they're they every bit have. Batman's equal, at, at least at, at the time when they were all created. Yeah, um, Batman's obviously you know had an evolution that has create turned it into a powerhouse, but um, yeah, I think these like, these are cool comic strip characters as well, and you could do some cool stuff with them.
2: You know, I kind of like to imagine like a class reunion of 1930s serial comic book characters, and you know the Phantoms there and the Shadows there, and then Batman shows up and they all roll their eyes like, "Oh, the guy who made it," you know. <laughs> you know he thinks he's better than us, and he's like, "Yeah, I kind of
0: am," you know. But Bruce, why do you even show up to these things? I don't know. It gives them something to talk about. It gives them something to I'm bitch doing it for about. Them. Yeah, it,
2: it's not for me. It's it's for them. And the, mission, and the mission, and the mission, but yeah. so I don't know. I mean, but it's I still yeah, enjoyed I mean, this though. I still enjoyed this film for what it was trying to do. I think out of, like you know we said out of all the ones that we've reviewed that tried to capture that serial uh, movie or comic book feel to it without without the stylization of something like Dick Tracy that looked like it but it didn't feel like it. This yeah. felt like it. You know, yeah, and I've seen clips of Old Shadow, the one that serials, and this felt like one.
1: Yep, I feel like this is the one that maybe, and if you could, you know, mix the visuals of Dick Tracy with something like this that really had the understanding of the subject uh, material, I think you'd have the perfect 1930s, you know, comic strip film. And I think it could be argued that you know something like Sin City kind of grabbed that as well and made something very obviously a little darker and more. They grabbed the a of modern sensibilities, but yeah. it, um, it
2: did. But at the same time that was also there wasn't as much of a time difference. I mean, Sin City was made in the eighties and nineties and it was meant to look like the nineteen thirties and forties in its style. Right. And so, you know, they just kinda copied that one.
1: But it yeah. and it worked. I mean, I mean this it was well made, but great things. And like we were talking about the villains just being the perfect like over the top kind of you know you have the, the stereotypical pirates and um i mean there's a pirate cave and the bad guys have shark pits and like it's just like you know your stereotypical villains and the hero is you know like we said just kind of uh the all-around do-gooder um superhero character so i don't know it's it's a really in my opinion it's a really fun movie it it's it achieves all of its own goals so well that i think it's really hard not to like and and ryan obviously i think it's going to disagree a little bit with that but um yeah. it just i don't know for me this one was fun from the get-go i saw this in a movie theater i liked it a lot when i was you know whatever year it came out 96 so i've been 13 i guess when i saw it yeah 12 or 13 and um yeah so it's uh I loved it a lot and when i saw it in the movie theater i actually bought a copy of it on vhs i liked it so much and i watched it a bunch of times i was a cheerleader for this movie i showed this to people because not a lot of people saw it and ryan i think you're the first one that i showed it to that was like i didn't like it but that's fine (laughs) well i mean there's a there's
0: a hit like i watched this movie when it came out i didn't see it in theaters i saw it when you know when we could rent it and i saw it a few times i liked it as a kid but that's the thing like you're supposed as a kid you like it you know like when you're young you like these things like i liked the concept of the shadow i liked the concept of the phantom like i liked all that shit uh and like but there was and same with the rocketeer when that came out when i was a kid i remember all those i remember like i really want to like these and i remember that effort in liking them but as as we rewatched all of these now and now that's like over 20 years later uh and how i i view and find certain like i can enjoy a bad film like i enjoyed the shadow for how awful it was (laughs) um and but at the same time i can also be really critical because i do want certain standards uh met with with how something the best way something should be enjoyed because when it comes to a movie like the phantom and the Shadow. Like you have these elements that we keep talking about that that deserved better movies. I wasn't getting the enjoyment out of the Phantom so much because it it just it didn't do enough wrong for me to kind of enjoy like it did with the Shadow. Um, but it didn't do enough right for me to like kind of enjoy anything either. Like I had my bits like making fun of uh, Jones's character for for her blatant mm-hmm. uh, sexual uh charisma i suppose uh billy zane (laughs) is is fun uh and billy zane's always fun and he's a great actor and he deserves more than what he actually got um hell i fucking laughed at that fucking toothpaste polish fucking joke like i legitly out loud like weirdly laughed at it i'm like that was pretty funny but why wasn't there more of that for me for me it wasn't enough because i think what it is is this one focuses too much on how the storytelling was done with the phantom comics like same with like let's capture that campy feel um but i don't i think with something like this and similar to the shadow it's it's something that needs to focus on why the concept of these characters is interesting and try to tell that more so than just try to recreate a storytelling element um just for the sake of like, well, that, that's creative, right? I'm like, well, you have a whole new generation you're introducing this to. Like, some people might appreciate that, but if you're going to do that storytelling, con- like, and we compare it to Sin City, they have those noir storytelling elements, but they are within the time that movie is created. They're told in a way that's familiar to that old cinema, but in a new more maybe not and for sim city more gritty way more like the comic but with this one it's just i just wasn't feeling the fun that you guys got from it um my girlfriend and i neither of us were i think <laughs> I, had the, I
2: had the, the complete opposite as, as you are but with the shadow like i i felt like this yeah. isn't even good this isn't even bad enough to be amusing but this right. one this one i did though i was like yeah it's it's really clunky but you know and I, it's and I think we're, we're being a little unfair with comparing it to Sin City because again Sin City was meant to be a throwback to those noir type stories the gritty noir mm-hmm. stories and this one was like let's try to capture a phantom comic strip so I think it well, succeeded in that but that's not
0: necessarily great right because I think like think of it that think of a mm think about it this way joe can you imagine the phantom with the concept of the phantom being this jungle dwelling superhero or just not even super he's just he's just this hero um who fights these these foreigners that enter his jungle like that's essentially the the essence of the phantom from what i recall like he protects that land Mm -hmm. that's his that's his actual main goal i picture him imagine if you will he's like Oliver Queen in, in the arrow shows like on the island, like he has like this, like his domino mask isn't a domino mask, but actually like the smeared ashes of the previous like phantom smeared across his eyes. And he lurks through the jungle. Like, well, that's what would be so fascinating about a character. Like they take him to like, his action scenes are in the fuck. Like they are in the jungle, but they have him also in the city. And it's just like mm, I want him in the jungle. That's what's so fascinating about this character. He's a superhero in the jungle.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think and, we touched a little bit about that before about how like, like you mentioned, like his alter ego is more when he's in the city. And I, I like that it's a little weird that like yeah he was raised in the United States or he was educated in the United States. He knows how the United States works. Yet he's still trying to like pay a cab with foreign currency or just a whole bunch of jewels or something
0: like that it's like dude you get how this works you lived here you know how this happens dad that's (laughs) what i mean it's like these weird elements of like you're doing this for the joke i'm like okay but it's just like yeah but it doesn't make make the character seem like an idiot
2: but but that that is the character though i think is that he's kind of an idiot because that was the kind of stuff that they would have done in the serials you know yeah so guess, like yeah. The, the criticism to me he, is, is valid it just goes way back to the 30s and 40s yeah you know but he,
1: he seems like he's a bit aloof anyway like at times and, and yeah. perhaps that comes from living in the jungle or, or whatever but uh, real quickly before we get around to grades cause it's good to be that time um i did want to mention that i and i don't know if you know this ryan or if you, you know anybody listening that doesn't know me personally but i went on my honeymoon to thailand and I did not know this. yeah, and it is just about like one of the most gorgeous places I've ever seen, and probably oh. one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. And this movie really, really utilizes Thailand like really well. And I am like ninety nine percent certain I've actually been on the beach where they shot the like when they were coming into the um pirate cave. No, where they co- yeah they're coming to the pirate cave towards the end of the movie. They come into this like inlet beach, um and that um area was used to shoot movies Danny Boyle's movie the Leonardo DiCaprio starring the beach was shot oh, there yeah. um and it looks like the same location I've been I've been there so like I it I'm like I'm 99 sure it's the same location because they shot a bunch of movies there that's really cool and so it's kind of cool like watching it like oh my gosh yeah that's like a place I've been which is really cool so and that's it, it's, really just, it's just a gorgeous awesome place and uh they uh, recently have closed it to the public unfortunately because people were not being very kind to the park there so like the uh, phantom was being closed yeah i was gonna say they need the phantom to come in and kind of straighten shit out over there so
2: well one thing i did find really amusing too (laughs) throughout this whole movie is the ongoing it wasn't meant to be an ongoing gag but it became one to me was everything jungle old jungle saying and uh the jungle it's oh, yeah. like you guys know the jungle is a type of environment right this isn't like the jungle it's not just here yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but, yeah. the jungle yeah just this part yeah everything everything was like uh, yeah. where are you from i'm from the jungle i'm from the jungle i'm like oh that place okay <laughs> never nobody ever says which one or you know like there's jungles yeah. all over the place
0: it's kind of like saying yeah, you're I, from a desert planet in star they wars they never actually right? say right. i'm from a desert is... planet which one
1: yeah <laughs> right they never actually say where this is taking place i've said it in thailand immediately because i've been there and like I, I could tell like immediately that's where it was but um they never actually say that's where it is so i mean it could be any jungle anywhere so well i
2: mean specifically i mean he's um god what is the, the the land he's from there's there's actually a name for it and i'm i'm blanking on it right now but oh
0: gosh yeah yeah me too <laughs> you know I'm, i don't even know i'm not even gonna pretend that i'm blanking on it i'm just ignorant as fuck because they do mention it a
2: couple of times throughout the movie like what the the country is or the land or whatever that he's from um, the jungle he's from the jungle the, the, the african jungle. the yeah. african country of bengala bengala mm-hmm. okay that
1: sounds familiar yeah. i just yeah I or bengala I wouldn't come up yeah, that he's from the own.
2: african jungle of bengala okay
1: um which is want to yeah
2: located in the deep Woods. so yeah yeah and it's <laughs> in, in the in the movie they say it's the bengalan jungle of asia but in the comics it was africa it's africa yeah
1: i uh i have i probably say... didn't know there were jungles
0: anywhere else in the 1940s i mm-hmm. was i want to I want to say about the island cuz Eric briefly mentioned it and it reminded me. So there were there was talks like when they when they discovered the third location, they're like, "Oh, it's in the Devil's Spiral, the place the destroyer of ships that no person can get to, like the most dangerous fucking place." And they literally just fly there. Yeah, like unscathed. Like he's on the fucking uh what do you call it? Uh pontoon. He's on the he's like hold on to the pontoon of the plane like yeah and like doing well with the lack of oxygen out there but just and like there's nothing i'm like oh my god really that would have been a really fucking cool scene to see them like going through this mystical fuck no we're not doing mystical okay never mind then yeah
1: it was you know bermuda triangle essentially but yeah they didn't have any issues with it which was weird and they did bring it up in the net didn't have
2: and any it was issues beautiful it would have been
1: great if they right. just threw in a line
2: like oh well, that was overrated <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> like something yeah. that would have been it we made well, really imagine good the, time the
1: clinging the clinging out of the pontoon scene is it's another scene there's there's many of these in this movie that reminded me of you know the old film serials like that's something you would see you know him grab onto that and the plane take off out of nowhere then you'd get the you know the the cliffhanger of you know is he going to fall off? Is he going to, whatever, you know, tune Is he in next time? to freeze death and in his like, PJs. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: so I guess if we anyway, had to grade this one,
2: I mean, uh, what do we think? Eric, you kicked the episode off. So how about we start with you? What would you give it as a
1: grade? Sure. I, I don't know. I think overall, this movie works well. Like, perhaps it works the best out of any of the four that we reviewed in this uh, block of shows, all based on the 1930s comic strips. Um, I think it's the most true to its source material uh the rocketeer is is close except that the source material isn't actually from the 1940s but um i like that there's this like fun kind of like wink wink cheesiness to this movie and same kind of thing you get out of it and that's not quite as over the top as like 66 batman but it's got some similarities to to that just you know that that really honest adaptation of comic book superheroes um I don't know. I I always thought it was a fun movie from the get go. I still had a lot of fun watching it. I realize it's. I think I realize it's, it's not shadow bad. I realize it's not quite as smart of a movie as like Dick Tracy or The Rocketeer is, but it's equally as if maybe not a bit more fun than either of those. So I don't know. I'd give it a. I think I really like this one. I think I'd give it a B minus.
0: Joe?
2: Okay. I'm actually going to give this one a C plus um for a lot of the same reasons just i think my scale's just a little bit off um it's i said i had a lot of fun with this movie but it 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 is clunky in some parts some of the fight scenes are good some of them are really the the fight scene in the pirate cave is is pretty uh pretty corny like you can (laughs) you can really tell they're pulling punches and kicks and stuff and it, it you know there are some scenes that don't work there's some some jokes that don't land um there's some tonal issues i have with it you know when when the villain stabs the librarian's eyes essentially it's kind of like well that got dark in an otherwise pretty corny light movie um so you know <laughs> it has some weird scenes like that but overall i think it was pretty fun and kind of comparing it i guess to to the shadow and the rocketeer and, and dick tracy i'm gonna give this one a c plus because i think it just it was fun. It's nothing to write home about. Um, again, this is one I'd like to see redone, but I think it had
0: more going for it than against it. What about you, Ryan? You guys guess. No. Um, <laughs> it The movie just wasn't that interesting to me. Because I, I... Like I said, like when I was a kid, I did like it. Actually, I really did like it. I was excited if I got to see it. Um, I just, But it didn't carry over... That, none of that nostalgia carried over with this. Um, it's it's it has laughably bad parts, but not enough where... Like, it's just like, yay, let's do that again. I I, I, I would probably... <laughs> if I was to riff on movies, I would probably... I would choose Shadow over, over this one because there's just so much more to riff on um, because it's so laughably bad. But with this one, it's just like, well, this tries. It does all right but like it's not the greatest. It's a shame that it hasn't been made better. It's not, it's a shame that Billy Zane isn't doing more these types of hero or attention. I don't know it'd be cool to see him in the fucking Marvel universe and that should be a, that should be a question for everyone if if you want to see Billy Zane in the Marvel universe or even DC, what character do you think he would be? But other than that, uh, mm-hmm. going back to my grade, I would I would actually give it a C minus. Like Okay. which is weird because i gave i gave shadow which i kind of enjoyed more lower grade but it's just not a great movie um yeah. <laughs> but i understand it's, that it's
1: the complication of the grading system
0: <laughs> it's a complication like um that level of enjoyment but for for me c's are typically just like meh yeah that's why i'm and giving it so,
2: a plus personally but yeah i get what you mean
0: yeah it's just like totally. it's just c minus meh but, um yeah. but i mean it does it needs to be redone they all do yeah yeah i think these I think are tracy all all, stay, of, yeah.
2: all of these are characters that are good enough yeah with the exception of like dick tracy i think they they nailed that about as good as they're probably going to but yeah. you know, I, I think the rest of these maybe not rocketeer i don't know but uh especially rocketeer,
1: rocketeer s- could be rebooted in a way that'd be cool i think that's true but yeah, yeah. i agree. well actually ryan mentioned it actually has been an animated form but for and kids it's yeah.
0: not as cool from what i what i looked at yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, don't well. know. I'm not going to watch it.
1: <laughs> and actually, curiously enough, um, I just I haven't seen it, but I am aware that there's a 2010 remake. I don't know if I call it a remake, but a 2010 Phantom movie uh, that went straight to video. Um,
0: really? Haven't
1: seen it. Heard it's even worse, or like we is not as good as this one. Which whether you think this is a good or bad one, but um, so... that was a little bit more modern of a take on the Phantom. It takes place in modern times or whatever, but. Um, was that a I, sci-fi? I haven't, haven't thing? seen that. So no, I don't think so. It was a. Um... It's a
0: series Was it? Yeah. I hmm.
1: know it. 2010. It stars Ryan Carnes, who I'm not really even familiar with. And uh, yeah, Russell I Lee? think it aired
0: on Sci-Fi at one point. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it, it looks was a like sci-fi a sci-fi thing. thing. Huh. Oh, this looks awful. Should we review yeah, it? I so, <laughs> <maybe. laughs> will do a mini review
1: because I like this one. But yeah, I don't know. It
0: definitely looks like uh, it, it. It's inspired from The Dark Knight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like in it, like, I know they do like a. It's supposed to be. Its its tagline is reimagined and reloaded. So
0: yeah, he looks like Gear painted purple. Yeah. yeah. So somebody. Anyway. somebody
1: found the rejected Daredevil costume. If um, this was free on streaming oh. somewhere, I would love to watch it. I'm not gonna spend fifteen eighty nine to get a copy of it on DVD. So. No, but. <laughs> But that
2: brings us to the conclusion of our four-part series on 1930s-inspired 1990s movies, especially with heroes. So we've covered Dick Tracy, we've covered The Shadow, we've covered The Rocketeer, and we've covered The Phantom. And we would love to know what you think. of these films, or of anything else that maybe you think that we've left behind, feel free to send us any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to videojunkerpodcast at gmail.com, or if you're the tweeting type, you can find us on Twitter at videojunkpod, or lurk us on Facebook at the Video Junker Podcast Facebook group, or the regular Video Junker Podcast page. We would love to hear uh, any of your thoughts that you have on these
1: films, or any others. And coming up on the podcast, it'll be, I guess, next week from this point when you're hearing this. We're going to be talking Star Wars. And Ryan's putting together a Star Wars discussion show. Do you want to give a little tease, or are we going to keep that in the bag for now? Yeah, yeah.
0: What... Um, we're talking about Star Wars.
1: Nice. That oh, cool. A good tease. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> we're actually, what we're going to do, what the plan is, we're actually going to discuss. Um, we're going to, we're going to challenge. Well, we're going to discuss the prequels <laughs> uh I leave so you it thought like it that. was going
1: to be good and then we pulled a video junkyard podcast on you and that no, i um <laughs> but we're actually
0: we're actually going to dissect like are they are they as bad as everyone claims to be um and what is there some merit is there something we can actually gain from them um so we challenge that and so it'll be a short episode okay cool yeah yeah (laughs) yeah for joe it's gonna be a painful episode for joe (laughs) no i don't know um i can play we 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 also gonna have a a guest one of my friends uh his first ever podcast so we're gonna break that podcast cherry Um, can't wait for that Mm-hmm. it's gonna be awkward <laughs>
1: uh also coming up with them uh in 2020 we have uh living with yourself death becomes her brown stoker's dracula kingdom of spiders and many many more classics that we're going to take a look at and i hope you will join us for more discussions i want to
2: thank you for once again as always checking out the video Air podcast please share us around tell your friends about how kick-ass this show is and uh, get them to listen to us. But until next time, this is
0: Joe by Peterson. By force, if necessary. That's right, by force. This is Joe Peterson. <laughs> I'm Eric L. Branson. And this is Ryan Steiskel saying, if you ever need a good polish, toothpaste is the way to go.
1: You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but
0: I'm having an old friend.
1: You just can't let them go?
0: Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors.
1: We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Video Junkyard Podcast, on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.